In this episode of Stuff Marketers Say, co-founder and in-house metrics genius Ryan Akins joins me to discuss troubleshooting your funnel. Campaign not yielding the results you want? Is it the ads, the landing page, the offer, or is it something else entirely? Ryan's here to help us figure it all out. So let's get to it. You're listening to the Stuff Marketers Say podcast. Be sure to download now. The price increases to $9.97 starting tomorrow from start to scale and beyond. All right, we're back. Part of our episode recording marathon here. And I think this is a topic that we often get asked about, especially from people who haven't run ads before or relatively new to running ads. But I think, you know, regardless, having a system for something like this is important. And that is um, trying to figure out or troubleshoot where your funnel is broken or maybe why an ad specifically isn't working. So Ryan is here to help us sort this out. I would say that this is definitely your area of expertise. This is definitely where you can dig into this stuff in a way that I admire, you know, just in terms of kind of your analytical mind. I think I lack. If you can put a number to it, you can figure out what's going on. So I love it. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing for me, numbers are scary. <laughs> but anyways, so we're talking about how to troubleshoot your funnel today and how to make sure that everything is working. So if you run ads before, you've probably run ads that you know weren't working for some reason, right? I mean, I think everybody everybody has been there. And you know, you learn a lot each time. If we set up a campaign and something doesn't seem right, where do we start? The big question is like is my funnel broken or is it just leaky? I think start at the big picture like that. And if you know, if you're just if a campaign is fresh off the press, typically you've already checked to make sure that you're not starting with a broken funnel. But say if something's been running for a month or two, you know, you've been making changes to your site in other areas, running other campaigns, oftentimes you can just do something that will just completely break a funnel that you may not even be aware of. So that's kind of step one is just like, is my funnel broken or is it just leaky? And if it's broken, you know, you'll typically see a campaign just the results will all of a sudden just stop. But sometimes it's more subtle, you know, sometimes it's, and it's, if it, depending on how far down the funnel it is. And I've been guilty of this in funnels that I've set up for some of our businesses, just not testing a form, just thinking, okay, I embedded it. It looks good, you know, and then not testing it. And it's like, okay, you know, you come back two days later no results or whatever. And you're like, oh, dang, it was just broken. Now, of course, that would you, you'd probably notice because if you're running a lead gen campaign and you're not getting any leads at all, you know, something's obviously wrong there. I put myself in situations where I'm like, yeah, I should test every link in this email, let's say, you know, this email sequence that happens after somebody subscribes. And then, you know, I don't test one. And of course, that one's broken or whatnot. Yeah. Or you've made some change to the page that it links to. And yeah, there's just, there's so many variables involved. So I think that's where it's always a good step. Step one is just to like go through your funnel as a customer would go through it and just make sure that, you know, you can click all the buttons and they go to a page that when you get to the cart, you can, I don't know, the other day we were looking at a cart and it's nothing was broken, but for whatever reason, the window wouldn't scroll and you couldn't actually click the checkout button. So, yeah, obviously <laughs> you're not going to have any purchases if nobody could click checkout. So, and it's just something that we never would have, would have seen without just walking through it as a customer was walking through it. So that's step one. And I think a big caveat with that too, is to make sure that you are doing it again as a customer would, but remembering that a customer is probably going to be on their phone doing it too. You know, we're always sitting behind our computers typically when we're 
working in ads manager, just doing our, our day-to-day task, but a customer's typically going to be on their phone scrolling. So you can either be on your phone to check the, the funnel, or you can use the inspector in whatever browser you're using. And typically you can toggle it to display it as it would appear on a mobile device too. And even different mobile devices, which is the nice thing of using the inspector. Yep. Yeah, totally. Because it'll work on, it might work on a nice big, you know, iPhone 12 Pro Max or whatever the latest one is, but an old XR or something like that, it may not display everything correctly. So definitely, definitely a good, uh, a good tip there. Yeah. And that's something that we've really been emphasizing to our internal team lately. You know, we've been talking about landing page audits and, you know, really making sure that we go in and give good feedback to our clients about, you know, what could potentially be optimized on different landing pages. And one of the things that we always talk about is remember to check mobile. You know, that's one of the first things that you should check because, like you said, you want to make sure that all the important, like the form field, for instance, the call to action is above the fold and not cut off, you know, even though it looks great on desktop, not cut off on mobile. So definitely important. So beyond that, you know, as we go through and we try to find the leak in a funnel, where do we where do we start beyond, you know, just kind of making sure everything's working? Yeah. So I would say once you've confirmed everything's working, you know, then you also want to make sure that on the back end things are working too. I know we didn't really touch on that, but you have test events pulled up in events manager as you're going through your funnel so that you're seeing those pixel events come in real time. Make sure that, you know, there's not some random event that's getting thrown in there that's maybe it's overinflating your results, you're double counting your leads or something like that. And that's where having event setup tool will allow you to see just the events come in and be logged in real time. Once you've done that and you've confirmed that your funnel's working from the the customer facing perspective and on your back end view as well, then it's time to sort of dig into your metrics and see, find where the leak is coming from at that point, whether, you know, there's, there's several things that you could look at. There's, there's the CPMs, how much you're paying for your ads. And then there's your, your click-through rates. So how effective are your ads at getting people to your site? And then there's your, your site conversion rates. How effective is your site at getting people from a landing page to a cart or from a landing page to submitting their email? All of that trickling down finally into, you know, what's your cost per acquisition or your CPA? So how much does it cost to get a lead? How much does it cost to get a purchase? Which is really your your bottom line metric in Facebook. And while that is like the bottom line metric, oftentimes that's the best place to start too when you're looking at metrics because if your CPA is acceptable, sometimes you may see one of those higher funnel metrics be a little out of whack and not to say that you shouldn't still investigate it, but there's so much going on within Facebook, especially with the algorithm, that a high CPM and a high CTR may be acceptable because you're getting that CPA where you want it at. So our, we always try to say, don't fix what isn't broke, which I know is a, you know, applies to many things in life, but it especially is applicable to ads too, because you may think, oh, I can get my CPM lower by trying a different audience. Well, that audience may click all day long or they may be super cheap to reach, but they don't convert. So you've fixed your CPM, but then you've sacrificed your CPA. So if your CPA is good, don't worry too much about the rest of your funnel. Definitely be a big point. Yeah, absolutely. And and Facebook's one of those things uh, where you can turn off an ad set, turn on the exact same ad set with no changes, you know, a day later, and all of a sudden that all the results are in you know, whack and you're not getting the results that you were getting, you know, just by turning it off and turning it on. So I think that's important advice, not going and trying to fix something that's not broken and prioritizing the most important metric, which is that cost per acquisition. Let's say the cost per acquisition metric though is too high and we're trying to figure out, 
all right, cost per acquisition is too high. Where do we go next? Yeah, so I would I would start next at your your CPMs. Your that stands for your cost per thousand impressions. So Facebook is charging you every time somebody sees your ad in their feed to start at your cost and see how that could be affecting your your entire funnel. There's not really a standard metric that I can say everyone should be looking at for their cost. A lot's going to vary on your campaign type and your audience. You know, for a a lead gen campaign, we typically will see ranges anywhere from $5 to $20 for our CPMs. But then if you're running a purchase campaign to a narrow audience, you may see CPMs anywhere up to $50, $60. We would definitely consider that on the high side, but just saying that that can still be an acceptable CPM. One of the best ways to try to reduce your CPM is to take off some of the targeting restrictions that you may have at your ad set level and just broaden out that audience a little bit and give Facebook more opportunity to show it to more people for potentially a reduced cost. So that's where I would start uh, is with the CPMs. And then once you've troubleshoot that, uh, the next place to look would be your click-through rates, specifically your link click-through rates, which I think is now the, the default way Facebook reports it anyways. But you're, you're looking at the number of people that see your ads compared to the number of people that actually click through to your website. And so there's the, the click-through rate and then kind of a subset of that is actually your landing page view rate. So you may have a lot of people clicking your ads, but for whatever reason, your site could be slow to load. There may be people dropping off there before they actually get to your landing page. So both of those are really important to look at. But with the click-through rate in particular, to try and prove that is usually a creative issue. Your copy, your creative may just not resonate with the audience that you're showing it to. So typically the easiest and best way to improve a click-through rate is just to continue testing different creative, different copy, see what sticks and what works with that audience. And a, a great feature of Facebook that we use a lot of times to, to do that testing is dynamic ads or dynamic creative. And it's an option that you can toggle on within the ad set level that allows you to test up to 10 image or video options and up to five different copy options within a single ad. And so it's just pretty efficient and the algorithm does a pretty good job of picking winners out of that, that then you can either continue to just run in that dynamic mode or pull those out into their own separate ads. But it was just a little sidebar note there that that's a, a great way to test new creative. In cases of something like click-through rate, right? And you want to test more creative and copy beyond dynamic, do you like to start with uh, adjustments to copy or creative first? Just to sort of troubleshoot what's causing the high click-through rate? Typically start with your creative. I think that has a, a bigger impact to the click-through rate than the, the copy does. Once you've kind of narrowed in on a on an image or a video that's working, I think then it's better to proceed into copy testing and see what type of copy works, if it's long form, short form, a more organic feel, testimony. You know, there's all these different things that you can try. It obviously needs to be congruent with whatever the, the creative image is, but I would typically start with the image and then move into, into copy. Okay, awesome. And you already mentioned the landing page. So what we talked about so far, right, it's pretty much what we're looking for on the ad level. I mean, those are primarily what we're looking at when it comes to ad-specific metrics. Is that right? Yeah. Yep, totally. Then from there, you know, you had mentioned the, you know, landing page views, people actually getting into the to the landing page. If the ad metrics look okay, kind of what's the next step? Once you've confirmed your ads are, are working, then you just keep going lower in the funnel, which would then be, okay, you've gotten them to click your ad and they're at your site now. So then you would be looking at your basically your site conversion rate. So again, just each step in the funnel, how well are people converting there? 
So if they land on a landing page, that's then prompting them to go to a checkout. You want to look at that rate of the number of people that hit that page versus the number of people that make it to checkout. And then you want to look at the number of people that hit checkout versus the number of people that actually purchase. And those statistics are, are going to be usually pretty unique to your funnel and campaign. But that's where it's really helpful to know those numbers historically for your business and then be able to compare back and say, okay, historically over the past three months, my site's converting at 50% at getting people to take the next step and go to checkout. Well, over the last you know week, I'm at 30%. So what's going on here? That's the, the easiest way to diagnose those is if you can know your historical numbers. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll actually be recording another episode on you know landing pages specifically and kind of best practices for a landing page, what makes a landing page effective, conversion goals for landing pages as well. You know, as you suggested, depending on what the goal is, the conversion percentage you can expect is probably going to be far different, right? So if you're sending an ad straight to purchase, you can expect maybe a much lower conversion rate than if you were sending somebody to a landing page where they were just going to enter their email and opt in for a download, right? So from there, you know, having benchmarks super helpful. What are some of the things though, just from a landing page perspective that are often, if it is the landing pages issue, what is it that we typically find there that alerts us to that? Yeah, I would say the the one thing that we see more often is it'll be a pretty landing page, but it won't be a converting landing page. That can look like different things on different sites. It may look like having this big, beautiful header image that you know looks amazing, really showcases a client's work, but then the call to action for someone to actually take the next step is buried way down in the site. And so you want to have that call to action, at least give them the chance to make that call to action above the fold, right within that first thumb swipe or first click before they start scrolling on the page. You can always then give them more content and have another call to action, but always have that call to action up at the top of the page, just so you're not, you're not providing any more resistance than you need to from someone that's ready to just move on to the next step in the funnel. So that's definitely a common one. And then the mobile optimized pages is another big one, especially if our clients are often at their laptops as well, just like we are. So it's just something that's not always front of mind from the business owner's perspective, but it certainly is from the user's perspective and making sure that your sites are mobily optimized too. Yeah. And I think one thing to add to that, that we often see is just congruency between the ad and the landing page as well. And so sometimes we get the sense that you know, the ad that's running doesn't match whatever it is pitching or whatever it suggests you'll find on the next screen. So you want to make sure there's congruency and look and feel, you know, from the ad to the landing page, but then also in copy as well, just the language that you're using to describe whatever it is that you're that you're offering. And so if there's a mismatch between those things, then people can feel like maybe A, you know, they're just not getting what they what they expected, so they leave. Or two, I think it also sort of erodes trust as well. It's like, well, you know, I clicked on this ad, it looked like one thing and I went to this landing page, it looks like another and, you know, they just don't trust it and they leave. So that's something else I think that we see definitely enough where, you know, it's something that we look for. Absolutely. So as far as anything else, you know, sort of metric, you know, related wise funnel troubleshooting, what else should we cover? The how-to of how to implement this within your own accounts. Like CPM, CTRs, those are all things that Facebook's, they've got the built-in metrics to show you right off the bat. 
so you can organize your columns and ads manager to be able to see those metrics easy enough. And then you can use the comparison window feature to say, you know, show me my CPMs over the last seven days compared to the seven days before that. That's a great way to view those metrics. But then for your metrics, like your landing page conversion rates and things like that, it's not a built-in standard metric that Facebook provides just because every funnel is a little bit different, but it is a something you can take advantage of is Facebook's custom metrics. So you could actually go in and create your own metric depending on what your landing page is to see you know, how many people are converting from your landing page to your cart. And practically what that looks like is usually using some form of standard event to do that. So maybe the page view event is, or you're, you're getting a link click from your ad. So you can track how many link clicks you've got. But then when someone goes to the next step in your funnel, say that's add to cart. Well, then you could create a custom metric that is looking at ads to cart divided by landing page views. And that's going to give you your conversion rate for that page. And so then you can set that up as a column and ads manager that's just always there. And we get used to looking at CPAs and CPMs, but then you can get used to just looking at that metric as well. And you can really have a, a holistic view of your funnel right there in front of you, an ads manager that takes this you know, lengthy process that we've talked through but you can set it up once and just have it always there in front of you and day-to-day -day basis, you're able to quickly diagnose like, okay, I need to keep an eye on this metric because I've seen it trending down. So just from a practical perspective, using custom metrics in Facebook is definitely something I'd recommend anyone that's running ads implement in their business to really track their, their funnel specific to them. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we talked about, you know, how to diagnose a leaky funnel or broken funnel. You know, for anybody who has a funnel that they need to figure out, you know, something's broken, they need to figure out and you figured it out, what can they do to to optimize that funnel even more? And we talked about like not breaking anything or not fixing anything that's not broken. But is there anything that we can do, you know, beyond that? Yeah, totally. Your funnel is always that like upside down V, right? So you're always losing people at each step of the way. We'd love for that funnel to just be a straight cylinder, just at 100% conversion rates all the way through, right? That would, that would be the, the goal in the perfect world. But it's just to say that you can always be looking for different ways to optimize your funnel and always increase your conversion rates. Even if something's you know working, it can always work better. So yeah, I think there's there's tons of different levers that you can pull to try to optimize, optimize your pages, optimize your ads. But the biggest thing there is just to always be testing, right? And, and testing with a purpose and recording the results of those tests, uh, tracking it. Like if it's not tracked, then it never happened and you can't learn from it. So Facebook provides you know, their split test features that you can use to test different creative in a, in a real structured environment where audience A is only seeing ad A and audience B is only seeing ad B. And again, that's within the, the split testing, I guess they call it the experiments tab now within Facebook. So you can be testing different things to try to optimize your funnel like that. But then on the back end of your funnel, you know, there's retargeting that you can be doing on your end with email or SMS. There's just so many different levers that you can be pulling and testing to try to improve the conversion rates within your own funnel. Yeah, absolutely. Even beyond purchase too, like I'm thinking upsells and bump offers and things like that, where, you know, if you have a funnel that's really knocking it out of the park and you want to increase customer value, add an upsell. And the conversions already happened. So you don't have to be worry about, you know, adding some sort of complexity to an already working funnel and then ruining that or setting you back there because the initial conversions already happened. 
So something like that, you know, I think that's like the the next step for a lot of people when they have a funnel that's really working. And then, you know, another note that I have here is card abandonment. If you're tracking things as you have told us to, then you have an audience of people who have maybe put things in their cart but have not actually purchased. So then you can retarget those people with ads, you know, hopefully to get them over the finish line. But Ryan, thank you so much for sharing all that with us. And again, you know, especially how you set up and use things like custom metrics in in ads manager is just it's just a work of art. Appreciate you. In the show notes we can include some samples too of like, hey, here's a a sample setup of what ads manager could look like too. Yeah, that's a great idea. That's a great idea. Cool. cool. Well thanks, Ron. Yeah guys. Bye.